Thanks, Cece. Um, prayer is like, it's such, we all know prayer is so powerful. Um, sometimes we come to prayer because we're desperate. Um, I think that's how we learned how to pray. Um, about seven years ago, eight years ago, we had uh, just a really desperate season. And um, we learned Psalm 91 in that season. And it, it starts out, um, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And, and that was like learning how to live in the secret place was what we knew as a family we needed, right? And um, so often, like we long for the secret place, but it was this week, um, or not this week, in this season where we're kind of learning how to pray. Um, we've been reading this book, and I'll let you share more, but um, Crafted Prayer. And it was through that the Lord showed me, us Psalm 100, verse 4. Um, and this gave me so much insight, and I hope that it does you as well. Um, it says in Psalm 100, verse 4, the whole chapter is great, but enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. And the Lord just kind of downloaded to me. So if you were to think about like the proximity of a gate and a court, so think about where would a gate be in relationship to a court, which would be outside. Gate. So the Lord's giving us insight here. He's showing us the key to the gate is Thanksgiving. So if you want to enter, like, the property, the perimeter, it's with Thanksgiving. But what, how do you enter the court? Praise. The key to the court. Now, when we talk about the secret place, where is the secret place? Is it on the outside or is it in the inside? It's in the inside. So where do we want to be? Inside. How do we get there? Praise. So how do we get there first? Thanksgiving. So as we come into prayer, both here and in our day-to-day, when God says, be thankful always, he's not saying, you know what? I really just want to put this burden on you that you need to be thankful. You guys, you, you are not thankful. I need you to be thankful. No, he's saying, hey, this is the key. You want the key that unlocks the perimeter? Count your blessings. Be thankful. And hey, you want the key that locks a secret place, the inner court? Hey, that's worship. That's praise. And so I love that because it teaches our hearts how to approach the, the throne. And then that's going to actually, um, what the Lord led Steve to share is like even more insight. Okay, yeah, like Rebecca said, this book by Graham Cook. Anybody know this book, Crafted Prayer? The Joy of Always Getting Your Prayers Answered. How does that sound? I will. So I want to read this part about Thanksgiving, like Rebecca led into. We can thank God first in every situation because every problem we encounter comes with his provision attached to it. Isn't that awesome? Like every problem, he already has a provision. God has a plan and a purpose for us. He, he says that everything works together for those who love him. That promises a deep well of provision for us. Whatever calamity life throws at us, God can use it for our blessings and our benefits. And the verses. Um, as a lot of us know, and we, we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purposes. So as we do a time of prayer and, and testimony, it's like the testimony I'm thinking is the answer. 
right? That's the provision. And so they go hand in hand, right? Here's, we want to pray over this problem, this opportunity. We want to give testimony to what he's done. So, so you go around and um, do both, prayer and testimony. I want to know what you have today, so I'll run the mic. Um, I have a testimony. Oh, hello. Good morning. Um, it's uh, Dave messaged us about uh, maybe a couple weeks ago and was like, I'd love to do an overland missions morning. Um, and so we get to be with you here today. Should I use this one instead? Oh, okay, perfect. Um, but yeah, so I know that some of you have heard about Overland Missions. You've heard that we're in the area, and maybe you're kind of like, so why, why are they here again? What are they doing here? Um, and so we wanted to take some time to just get all of us in front of you at one moment um, and share about what it is that we've been able to do when we've been in the area and what we're looking forward to in the future. Um, and just share a little bit about that. Uh, Reese is actually going to share a little bit of the vision for you. So just to kind of, you know, um, Zach's going to share an amazing message um, later on. But I just want to share And so our heart as a team, in a nutshell, I would say, is to, is to mobilize people to the nations. Um, but I think we also come with the heart of before we're overland missionaries, before we're missionaries, children of the Most High, and we're meant to go into an area and wherever we are, sharpen each other. And so that's kind of been our heart towards West Michigan and this area is to come in and say, let us plug in with as many people as we can. Let's be part of this amazing community and let's just sharpen one another. Let's, let's be involved. Let's be an extra pair of hands where we need to be. Let's lead people um, in evangelism. Let's be part of the, the evangelistic movement, the worship movement. Just be part of what we can in this area. And also the same to, to show people that, hey, that you have a unique role in the Great Commission, that you are not excluded, that 2 Corinthians 5.17 says it very clearly, that we are ministers of reconciliation. And so we kind of like to be the guy that goes, hey, by the way, you're a minister. It's not if you're, it's not the question, and we've also come here to show you that the question is, are, am I a missionary or not? The question is when and where, because you are. And so that is kind of our heart for being in this area, to be involved and to create relationships that, that sharpen one another, but also mobilize the people within the area. Yeah, so we got here, um, let's see, October 1st was our official move-in date, and, sure, um, and so we, we've, we'll be here through the end of February, and we're planning to have some of us be able to come back here next year and get to continue to sow into this area. Um, but maybe we could just have everyone say their names, just so you guys aren't all just strangers up here. Um, I'm Caitlin. I'm Faith Bonima. I am also Reese, but Reese <laughs> Kelly. Great. Thanks, guys. Um, also, uh, as Dave was asking us to share, you know, he was wanting us to, to get to share a bit of just some of the testimonies from overseas. And we know that you guys have been 
in a series talking about how the Lord dwells with us, like knowing his presence, seeking his presence. Um, and actually, I'd love to have Caitlin get to share a testimony from overseas of like, hey, as we seek the Lord present, seek his presence, like what is, what is the fruit of that? So, yeah, so I, um, this testimony comes from the nation of Madagascar, and we were here last May. Um, so we were in the capital city, and the roads in Madagascar are horrible. So we had to drive 15 hours to the coast, which you're probably like, Madagascar is an island. It shouldn't be that far, you know, but the roads are that bad. So we drove 15 hours to the coast, and the northern coast of Madagascar is actually, um, there are a lot of Muslims in that area. Um, so um, there are a lot of mosques and all these other things, and I was praying to the Lord, and I was like, Lord, what do you have for these people here? And I just saw this picture of a mosque, and there were these um, palm trees around it. And I was like, okay, but there are a lot of those around here, so I'm not really sure what that means. But the next day, we took a ferry um, to th this other side of the bay where cars couldn't get to. And... I just felt like the Lord was bringing it back up into my spirit, and I saw the mosque that I had seen in my vision nestled amongst these palm trees. And I asked the Lord, all right, Lord, like, what do you have here? There's actually a picture of this. It's on, I think it's the first slide. Yeah, right there. And he showed me um, a man walking in front of this mosque and said, there's a man there who needs my healing. Um, so I'm like, all right. So we see this mosque, we go to it, and we don't see anyone. There's no man there. We're kind of walking around asking people, like, hey, do you know Jesus? Um, and all of a sudden, we see this man who's in the picture walk down this road, and I'm like, that's the one. Um, and we go up to him, and we find out that his name is Mercy, which is so perfect. Um, and he's this Muslim man. And we're talking to him and, like, trying to share the, 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 the story of the gospel with him. And he's really not interested. Like, he's, like, asking us about our accents and why we're there and all these questions. And he's not interested. Um, but I say, hey, Mercy, um, do you have any pain in your body? And he's like, yeah, like, my knees. I actually can't, like, bend my knees at all. Um, and we're like, all right, well, we believe that Jesus is a healer. Like, can we pray with you? And he's like, sure, why not? So we pray for mercy. And it's on a long prayer. We just pray in the name of Jesus. And we're like, all right, mercy, how do you feel? And he's like, his eyes are so big. He's like, I am healed. He's like, I didn't even tell you, but I fell out of a mango tree like a few months ago, and I couldn't even move my arm. And he's like moving his arm. He's like, I'm fine. And he's like touching his toes. He's like, my whole body is healed. So Jesus didn't even heal like the one thing that he asked us to pray for. He healed his whole body. And we're like, mercy, do you want to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior? And this Muslim man looked me in my eyes and said, yes. Because God touched him in that moment and made it so clear to him that God is real and God moves. Um, and we got to walk uh, mercy through the salvation prayer and like he received Jesus. And it was just like the Lord, he saw him and wanted to touch his life that day. But the cool thing is that testimony it doesn't end in Madagascar. Because I actually shared this testimony at, um, we had an overland venue um, back in the beginning of January. And I shared that testimony. And before I got up, I felt like the Lord said um, the verse, um, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. 
And um, that night we had a time of ministry and a man came up to me and he said, the story you told me was is my story. Like, I think that was for me. And I was like, all right, well then, like, do you believe Jesus can heal you? And he was like, yes. He was like, my knees, um, he like had a brace on. I think he tore his ACL or something. Like, he limped up to the front. Like, he was in severe pain. And we we're like, all right, we'll pray for you. So I prayed for him and I was like, how do you feel? And he was like, honestly, I don't feel that much different in this moment, but I feel that something has changed. Um, and later that week, Zach went to his church on Sunday, and the man went up to him and was like, tell your wife that I am 100% healed. And it was like, praise God, like, these testimonies, these, these things, it's, it's not so that we can boast, it's not so I can boast in myself, it's not so that we can boast in overly missions, it's only that we can boast in the cross, and we can boast that our God is alive, and he is moving, and he's moving in Madagascar, and Zambia, and Africa, but he's also moving here in America with the same power, with the same authority that he moves in the nations, and he wants to touch you, he wants to heal your bodies, he wants to make himself known to the people of America, and he is, he's doing it. He's actually doing it. It's not just a, uh, in theory. It's a he's actually doing it. Um, and I just want to encourage you today with that. Hallelujah. Um, I think it, it's a, truly, it's a powerful testimony of what, what started off with just seeking the presence of the Lord. Of like, all right, Lord, I believe you hear me, and I believe I can hear you. Let me... Let me try and listen. And seeing the vision of a mosque, palm trees, and a man, like, all right, let's, uh, let's see where this goes. And uh, not one, but two men are healed, touched by the presence of the Lord because of simply seeking his presence. Um, and I'm really excited to get to talk about that today. And before we start, uh, I'd love, I'd just love to pray for us. Lord, we... We thank you. We, we want to come through the gate right now at Thanksgiving. Lord, we, we thank you that we can enter into your court. Lord, we praise you because you are glorious. You are the great I am. And so, Holy Spirit, we, we just come before you as your covenant family, and we're just saying, Father, we want to know you more. We want to know your presence. Give us, just pour out your spirit of wisdom and revelation on us right now that we can know you deeper and know your presence more. And so, Lord, we submit this time to you in the name of Jesus. Amen. So uh, this morning, I'm going to be preaching out of Hebrews chapter 10. So if you uh, brought your swords with you, you can flip there. Um, Hebrews 10, verses 19 through 22. And... I, like I, as I was just thinking over these verses, I mean, one, these verses have been huge for me, just a, a truth that I have clung to it personally in my own life. Um, you know, but I feel like it, it'll answers this question of, you know, it, do we feel like God is just kind of sitting with a mild disdain for us? You know, is, is it like, no, I know God loves me, but I know he's just kind of simmering in this mild disappointment, you know, and like I could get his attention, but I don't want to get his attention too much because I might make him mad, and so it's just like this, 
you know, how, how does the Lord actually feel about me? And I think these verses answer those questions. Because, you know, I think of, like, think of if when you were in high school, you know, and think of if you had, like, you just knew that there was this party happening, and it was all the cool people, and you really wanted to get invited to the party. Like, one, step one is, like, you wanted to get an invite. But then let's say, okay, like, somehow you accidentally got invited, you know, like, it's someone like, oh, yeah, you can come. So you got your invite. But once you get to the party, wouldn't you want to know that you were liked there? That, that people wanted you there. Like you didn't walk in the door and then all of a sudden like just the conversation dies and it's like, yeah, glad you're here, you know? And it just like, it just killed the mood, you know? And I think someone's like, okay, Lord, I want to know that I have access to you. I want to know that I can come into your throne room, but I also want to know that you like that I'm there. You know, I, I want to know that, it's exciting that you delight that I'm there. So to start, um, I'd love to just read through these verses. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is through his flesh, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. So focusing on verse 19, therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, like I think it's, you know, it, it, you think of an exclusive room, like if you had the backstage VIP pass, it's like I I have access. Like, if you show up to the door, it's like, I've, I've got the badge. I am allowed in here. And, like, there, there isn't a question about it. Like, it is, you have the permission to access. And I, I love that it says that we have, it's not just, therefore, since you can enter the holy places. It is like, we have a, we have a confidence. Um, and some translations will even call it boldness. Actually, you can even go to the next slide. Um, the Passion Translation, uh, I love how it words it. It says, And now we are brothers and sisters in God's family because of the blood of Jesus, and he welcomes us, welcomes us to come into the most holy sanctuary in the heavenly realm boldly and without hesitation. Just that, that phrasing of I can I can enter boldly without hesitation. Like there's no there's no second guessing of if it's a bad time. It is I can just come boldly, confidently into your presence, Lord. I don't know um, how many of you have ever heard of the hymn "Before the Throne." It is it's one of my favorites. It's look it up on YouTube. Citizens does a great cover of it. Um, but a lyric that I love, it, it says this. It says, I know that while in heaven he stands, no tongue can bid me thence depart. No, no tongue can bid me thence depart. Like, if I'm before the throne, and I know if Jesus is there, no one can tell me I am not allowed to be here. 
You know, like you can think of, man, I, I think of even when I was in college, you know, I was kind of in a friend group of like Pharisees, you know, where we, we just kind of loved to cancel churches and critique all the time. And it, and it was just like, it kind of built this fear in me of like, someone might tell me I, I can't be before the Lord. I might be canceled. Um, and just that, that phrasing of that hymn of no tongue can bid me thence depart. But where, where does that confidence come from? Um, actually, if you can go back to the verse, um, it says that we can, right at the beginning, it says, because, right, by the blood of Jesus, right at the end there, it says, by the blood of Jesus. Because, you know, we don't want to just like have a confidence where we're kind of just naive and oblivious. And it's like, I can go into the Lord's presence, you know, but you're just being naive. But like, what, where does that confidence come from? But it, it comes from the blood of Jesus. And I think to know, like, that is like the greatest payment that, that could ever be made. The greatest sacrifice once and for all was Jesus' sacrifice on the cross. Like, there is nothing better that you could find that, you, that could prove your access to the Lord. It is, it is by the blood of Jesus. Like, nothing can trump that. And I think it also removes any sense of striving. You know, like, all right, Lord, I'm going to, I'm ready to muster my way into your presence. I'm going to just be so in the zone. I'm going to be so on my game. Lord, I'm going to strive and work my way into your presence. But it's not on your performance, which actually relieves a huge pressure, relieves a huge burden off of you. Like, it's not based on, on how good you were this week. It is, it's based on the blood of Jesus. I was reading a book um, back in the spring. It's called Apostolic Foundations. And it had this chapter that walked through the things that a priest would, would need to do in order to enter the temple, in order to enter the Holy of Holies. Um, and there were like two details that just stuck out to me so much. Is that before a priest could enter into the temple, that they would be outside and they would then put on the priestly garments once they were inside the tent. But while they were on the outside, they would just wear a linen ephod, which is you know, super lightweight, you know, super breathable. You know? um, and, but it was like, why is that? Like, why not just, like, seem, like, just put everything on here and you know, one and done? But the reason is because they, they wanted no sweat on the priests as they would enter enter into the tent of meeting because sweat would mean something of your own efforts it would mean something of your own striving and like the lord's like i want no hint of your own efforts that like somehow by your own strength i'm holy enough to enter into the presence of the lord it's no wear the linen ephod and realize there is nothing of your own striving and also the, the way to walk up into the tent, it was a ramp, and it was not stairs. And it's kind of like, what's, you know, what's the big deal? Tomato, tomato. But the reason it was a ramp instead of stairs is so that when, because if you were to take a stair, you might lift the ephod enough to see some of your flesh, to see your ankle. And the Lord is saying, I want none of your flesh. 
none of your own efforts to enter into my presence. And so that's why it's a ramp, so that you can have that transition of nothing of your own flesh will be revealed. And I think that that makes it so clear to, clear to us that it is by the blood of Jesus. It is not by our own striving. But with that, we can have a confidence to enter into the, the holy places. Jumping to verses uh, 20 and 21. So it's by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is through his flesh. And I like that it even points out it is a new and living way. You know, it, uh, in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 3, it talks about there's the ministry of condemnation and the ministry of reconciliation. And so the, this new way of entering the Lord's presence isn't by the law. It's not about making sacrifices. It's not about this ministry of condemnation, of sacrifices and death and striving. It is actually a new and living way, realizing that I actually have been made a new creation through what Jesus has done. Like it is, it, there's no more sacrifices. It, it's, it's done. I simply need to realize my new identity as a child of God, as a new creation, and I can enter into his presence. And I think a lot of us might know this, uh, but the reason it has through the curtain of before, it, there, was, there was a veil that separated uh, the priest from entering the Holy of Holies, which is where the Lord's presence was. In the temple, there was the curtain. And uh, I'm going to get this fun fact like a little off but like I like there was like a fact of like they would like put this veil like down and like they would have like horses on either end of the curtain like running opposite directions just seeing if they could tear this curtain and like with horses running in opposite directions like this veil could not be torn like this was this was a thick curtain (laughs) like and to realize that that veil has been torn through not your own striving, not your own efforts, but through Jesus' flesh, through his sacrifice. And I think with, with this, um, I, I love how verse 21, like uh, what building the case of why we can have this confidence to draw near is this uh, verse 21. It says, since we have a great priest over the house of God. You know, like, okay, you want, you want to know why you can have confidence? It's because we have the blood of Jesus and we have a great high priest over the house of God. And it's, it's kind of like, I was kind of like curious about that verse. Like, why, why is that building the case? But it, 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 the great priest over the house of God is Jesus. And Jesus has extended his invitation to you to enter into his presence. It's, you know, we, we know Jesus. He calls us his friend. It's like, this isn't a great example. I'll, I'll like imagine you were wanting to attend some super, like the Super Bowl. Like let's say the Super Bowl. I mean, there's no way you're going to just like sneak in to the Super Bowl. There is so much security around that thing. But if you like, oh, I know the guy who owns the stadium in Vegas. He's, a, he's my guy. You know, it's since I know the guy at the stadium, I know I can have access to the house of God. And since it's like, we know Jesus, he is our great high priest. He is our 
the way, the truth, and the life. He is our way to the presence of the Lord. And since we, since we know the guy, you know, we know that we have access. He is vouching for us to enter into his presence. Verse 22. And this is, I feel like, the, the culmination of it all, of let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. This is draw near in a full assurance of faith. It is like there is, I can have complete confidence. I'm not, play, I'm not playing stupid. Like I'm coming into the Lord's presence, but I know he doesn't want me there. It's like a full assurance of faith. I... I remember one time, this was like, I think I was in college. I, junior, I, think, I want to say junior college. I was, just, I was just having this week where I was just like, I just feel like the Lord's really mad at me. Like, you know, I just was like beating myself up. Like, I should have read my Bible more. I just, I think God's like, he's not really happy with me. But here's the thing. I know he loves me. And I know I shouldn't feel ashamed. But now I feel shame for feeling my shame. And, you know, like, you know, just, the, just this cycle. And I just was like, Lord... I know I should know, but can you, just, can you just give me something to just remind me that I know you're not mad at me? And I was reading this book at the time, Knowledge of the Holy. It talks about the attributes of God. And the one was, it was on immutability, which, you know, you know, you think of immutability. It's not like, oh, you know, that doesn't like get you going. <laughs> you know, like, like, what is immutability? But it's about how God is unchanging. And it was talking about how God's opinion of you, it will never change. He will always be the same day after day after day. And the quote that really stood out to me is like, therefore, as we know the Lord and, and as we're seeking him, we need not wonder if we find him in a receptive mood. You know, like there's never, like, I, like the picture I have is just like of like a dad in his office, you know, like, oh, he's working. You know, like, I don't know if I should really go into the office. You know, maybe that would, like, be a bad time. Maybe get mad. But it's like, I actually know I can go, go into his office. And I, and I don't need to wonder if it's a bad time. I, like, I need not wonder if I find God in a receptive mood. And I think that's what this verse is saying here, is that we can, we can enter in guilt-free, shame-free, that there is nothing left for you to pay. Um, and it, I'd actually love put up the passion translation. It says, "We come closer to God and approach Him with an open heart, fully convinced that nothing will keep us at a distance from Him. For our hearts have been sprinkled with a blood to remove impurity, and I love this part. We have been freed from an accusing conscience. Now we are clean, unstained, and presentable to God, inside and out." And so it's just freed from an accusing conscience. I don't need to wonder if I can come into the Lord's presence. But at times, what is, why does this feel so hard to believe? And I think it comes at times when we've like picked up religion, you know, where sometimes we almost want religion because it feels like something we can get good at. You know, like it doesn't require any intimacy, doesn't require any love. Religion, I can just get good at religion. But that's not what God is asking for. He is asking for you. He wants you to know him, his presence. 
And, you know, no matter how much shame that we, that we feel like, the, no, like, you don't, you don't get it. There is no way the Lord would want me into his presence. I remember listening to a sermon about this once, and I loved how one guy put it. He said, even when you are the prosecuting attorney against yourself, the Lord will still accept you. And you know, there are times I was like, Lord, I am trying to prove to you how much you do not want me in your presence. Like, you, you don't realize the, the burdens I'm carrying, the shame. You don't realize the things I've done. And he's, even when you are trying to prove to the Lord, you're like, I'm not your guy. I shouldn't be allowed. And he says, you have been cleansed from an evil conscience. You have been freed from, it, from an accusing mind. And I think this is convicting because this is just like game over. You have access to the presence of the Lord and he wants you there. You know, like this just like it ends that argument. But I think there's also there's sometimes when we almost wish he was inaccessible, you know, because maybe maybe we know we've kind of got a life situation coming up or it's like a big decision of who, you know, if, if you know, like who, who should I date or what job should I take? Or, Lord, how, what should I do with my finances? How should I handle this in my marriage? How should I handle this um, with my kids? You know, like, there's, like, things like, Lord, how should I handle this situation? And you're almost nervous of, like, if I go, if I go into the presence of the Lord, I'm almost worried he's going to answer me, you know? Where it's like, oh, Lord, what should I do for my next job? And you're kind of hoping, like, it's that career where like somehow you become the millionaire and you get like promoted uh, with so much ease and you're like, Lord, just, I, I pray for that. And it's like, but Lord, just tell me what to do. And it's like, all right, draw near and I, I will tell you what to do. And you're like, but how do I know you're going to tell me what I want you to tell me? You know, like it's, he's saying, you have access to me. You have access to my voice. And so there, there's times when it's like, okay, do I really want to go in there? Because I, know, I actually know if I go in there, he will speak to me. But it may challenge actually what's going on. And I think just a moment where I, I had breakthrough in this of, Lord, do you, you, do you really want me? Do you, do you really want me in your presence? Do you really like when I'm around? It was actually about a year and a half ago, I was, I was doing a fast and I was like, Lord, I just, I just need to seek you. I need to draw near to you. And if you ever just want to sober yourself up with the Lord so fast, do a fast. <laughs> you will realize the burdens you are carrying so fast. And it was, a, it was a few days in, and I just was like, you know, kind of, it was just all this back and forth. I'm like, Lord, I want to hear from you, but I'm kind of scared to hear from you. Why are you talking to me? I know I can draw near. And and, you know, I'm beating myself up because I'm like, Lord, I don't feel like I've really heard anything from you yet. Are you mad at me? What's, and just all this confusion. And I remember this day where I was like, all right, I'm going to take the morning to, to draw near to the Lord. And I was like trying to go to a park and I couldn't, I was like in a new city. I like didn't find a park that like, it was always crowded. I'm like, I'm not going to like pray to the Lord here. And the one thing that was coming to my mind was like, I don't know, guys, if you know about IHOP in Kentucky, but they do a 24-7 prayer and worship. And I don't know why. It just kept coming to my mind. And I was like, all right, Lord, I'm just going to go back to my house. I'm going to go into my room, and I'm just, I'm just going to pray. Um, 
And I just like throw this, throw on this 24-7 YouTube channel of like prayer and worship. And I'm just sitting there and I'm praying. And then all of a sudden, they, they just go into a spontaneous worship set. Just a, they, so what, something that they felt like the Holy Spirit was stirring in them. Um, and I believe it's actually the next slide. Um, but this is the lyrics that, that the guy just started singing. He said, who are you thinking that you need permission? And why are you asking like you need an invitation? And it just, it clicked so fast. I'm like, Lord, please let me into your presence. Please, I just, just talk to me. Please, please let me come to the table. And this lyric is like, what are you, what are you doing? Like, why do you think you still need permission? Why are you acting like you need an invitation? It, it has been made so clear to you that you have access. It has been made so clear that I actually love you. I actually want you into my presence. And it's, it is drawing near to know, like, there is no hesitation. There, there needs to be no back burner shame of like, Lord, I'm so in your presence, but I'm just kind of wondering if you know about this one thing that happened that one time. He, he knows it all, and it's done. He says he remembers your sins no more. Just draw near to me with a full assurance of faith. And so we don't need to have this invitation. We don't need to worry if we have permission. And so I, I want us to leave here knowing that today, that it's, you, you can draw near, and we can, we can draw near guilt-free. Um, and so I'd love to pray for us uh, to close. Lord, we... We thank you for your presence. We thank you that Jesus has done enough, that it is by the blood of Jesus, that we can actually have a confidence knowing that, that you love us, that we have access to you, and that you want us there. And Lord, to know that entering into your presence will be the best thing, that even if we're scared of what you're going to tell us, we know that your plans will actually always be better than any plan we come up with. So Lord, we love you and we praise you. In the name of Jesus, amen.